Joining us now uh, live from Northfield Hospital is uh, the hospital's uh, and clinic's CEO and uh, president, Steve Unterdahl. Steve, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Jeff. Glad to be here. Let's uh, let, let, let's talk about the hospital in, in in kind of some general terms today. We have uh, it seems like in the news that that I've heard anyway that you get kind of a healthcare in general's. I want to say threatened. I don't want to overplay this, but this is kind of an interesting time in uh, hospitals and, and and in healthcare for a lot of different challenges and different types of pressures that you're under. I guess, am I correct in presuming this? Is there some additional things that we haven't seen before? Can we kind of start off with your general thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. I I, I think, you know, what you you probably see in, you know, sort of uh, snippets uh, in in different ways on the news is that it's, uh, you know, there's lots of financial pressures and lots of, Workforce stress, stressors. So it's it's been a really tough moment in healthcare around the country, and and certainly uh, here in Minnesota and locally as well. I was recently at a a, a national conference uh, that was mostly for rural hospitals around the country, and and uh, you know there's there's folks in uh, some really kind of tough shape uh, tough shape right now. So. One of the things that's happening, Jeff, is that, you know, hosp- we, we were sort of anticipating, honestly, that we were going to come out of COVID and sort of renormalize and get back to some, you know, kind of a more normal cadence of life. But part of what's happened is that we've just been facing uh, staffing and, and financial challenges that are just very significant to the point where some organizations are really getting tipped over. I mean, just crushing workforce shortages. Um in in and not just with you know one discipline or another but you know really across a, a wide spectrum uh, inflation i think we saw inflation uh, i think we anticipated a little bit of inflation but we didn't anticipate that it was going to be uh, the, to the degree that it is and then the other thing that's happened and some of it's connected to workforce too is that we can't transfer patients as easily as we once did i think you and i maybe talked about this one other time is that it's hard for us sometimes to transfer to the higher level of care, but it's even harder now to transfer people to lower levels of care like nursing homes. These nursing homes are in really significant peril for workforce and financial reasons. I expect to see several of them blink out of existence, honestly. And so we end up with people that don't really require hospitalization anymore, but we have no place to send them. And so that ends up uh, really being uh, challenging, and we've got lots of open positions. Um, our staff is working hard uh, to cover shifts, but one of the things that we have to do to, and it isn't just us, it's around the country to try to mitigate this, is that with the staff that we have, um, you know, the costs of overtime, shift bonuses, um, uh, travelers, where we have sort of temp staff travelers, this process that got started during COVID, in we don't have exact uh, numbers for that. We're working on that actually right now for some other purposes. But but in 2022, just as an example, this this represented millions of dollars for us. So, I mean, this isn't just one of those things that's, well, kind of a hassle and it was a little more expensive than it used to be. I mean, it's it's uh, it represents numbers with two commas in them. So it's a, it's a, it's a really 
it's kind of crummy luck coming out of uh, three years of a pandemic to to roll into this. Yeah, and if you look at, it, I guess there are a lot there are a lot of issues there. I want to talk take a look at staffing uh, is one thing. Is that all about the hours and the money? Where where did all the workers go? It's like all of a sudden they've disappeared from the planet, and it's not just the healthcare industry. It seems like across the board, in just about every industry, uh, people have a hiring shortage. Any idea? Yeah, I think I I think that's that's exactly right. Is that this isn't just unique to healthcare? It's across the, and I I, I've read lots of theories. They all seem a a, a little bit wanting to me. uh, uh, You know about you know. So where did all these folks go? But I I think there are some things that you know we can see in the data. So so um, you know people that got close enough to retirement to say. I'm out, mm-hmm. um, especially during the pandemic, and particularly in healthcare, did in relatively large numbers. Um, I think we also have lots of competition for similar sectors of of uh, employees, and and I think part of what happens is then we get into bidding wars. So if we have like entry level positions where somebody could come to work at the hospital, but they could also go to work at Menards, or they could also go to work at the school system, or uh, I, I think we're competing for the same uh, folks, and you know that that not only sort of drives a little bit of scarcity, but also drives up the price of poker. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think your overarching question, Jeff, I always find interesting that just the dad in me takes over a little bit. It's like, well, you know, wh- wh- what are these people doing? You know, and and yeah. uh, you know, because I, I personally know some folks who you know are like, well, I'm going to take a little time off and reassess my my you know, and they tend not to be in healthcare, but they're in other fields, and I, I and uh, I just always find that a an interesting uh, uh, sort of cultural moment that we're in. Uh, but hopefully, this gets better. But you, you're absolutely right. This is happening across industries, and because it's happening across industries, it, it sort of increases the amount of demand pressure. Let's let's talk about what the government uh, is doing or can do. Uh, of course, our state legislative session is going on right now. We've got uh, some time for that. We've got some extra money. I'm I have no doubt that uh, you or somebody, <laughs> some of your uh, cohorts in the uh, industry, the uh, uh, hospital industry or medical industry, healthcare, have uh, talked to the legislatures and told them their their need. Do you, do you feel like people are listening? Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I think, you know, the, the only thing that probably drives more uh, activity at a legislature than uh, being broke is having a bunch of money to spend. And so I think there's lots of voices for these folks right now. A couple of things that we are talking to the legislature about is, there, there, you know, one uh, uh, thing that's being considered is changing the kind of the math formula for how Medicaid works. And as you know, Medicaid's a, the program for folks that um, are below a certain uh, income level. Um, uh, and uh, I mean, it's a great safety net program. The problem is we have more and more and more folks in these government programs. And they often, it's not that they don't pay us as much as we wish they would. They often don't pay us as much as it costs to provide the service. And so, I mean, the the manufacturing analogy that I always use is if you made hammers for a living and it cost you $40 to make the hammer and then you were forced to sell it to the government for $18, um, you can't make it up on volume. So we're having that conversation. Uh, And then we're we're also, there's some 
uh, proposed legislation from one of the nurses' unions that um, is really about mandating an approach to staffing, which on its face sounds kind of noble, but in practice we have some real concerns about that what it could end up doing is really providing kind of a, a, a cap of how many patients we could uh, take. And, and, and honestly, the mission for us the last two years has been if we can't transfer anybody and somebody gets sick or hurt, what do we do? And we've got a whole team that's working on what we euphemistically call defending in place. So if we can't refer somebody, we really have been diligently working on how do we provide the very best safety net we can. And so having a, a, a proposed legislation that says there'll be committees and processes and penalties um, uh, put in place, um, and if and if the committee says you can't take another patient, then they might have to be held in a, and you can't transfer it, you could have to be held in a, an emergency room. Uh, the, that really concerns me. Our emergency departments, honestly, are already kind of de facto clinics and hospitals and mental health units. Uh, we hold people in emergency rooms for very, very long periods of time, and it's it's not only therapeutically not often the right thing to do, uh, but it's super expensive. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about how you get your employees. Is there a process for staffing a hospital? Because you, you need not only medical personnel of various levels, you also need, uh, you know, janitors and, and administrators. And uh, there are a lot of different positions that are available. What do you, what, what's it like to, to staff a hospital? Yeah, it it is. Uh, I mean, you characterize it really correctly, Jeff. In in that, uh, almost everything we do now, uh, from you know feeding people lunch to doing surgery, is a multidisciplinary team event. You know, so people from different d- disciplines and backgrounds have to work cooperative, cooperatively together in some sort of synergistic way. To staff that isn't just about how many doctors do we have and how many nurses do we have, you know. So there's doctors and nurses and therapists and pharmacists and, and aides and secretaries and, you know, on and on and on uh, that, that really have to collapse on any, dif- on, on any given uh, activity. So, so it's, it's uh, something that, that takes a lot of um, – uh, uh, there's a lot of moving parts, so it takes a lot of skill. So one of the things that, that we have in place is our chief nursing executive and her team really look at what the needs are in the hospital uh, on, a, on a shift-by-shift basis. And some of what makes it variable, uh, Jeff, is that, that patient, you know, when you've seen one patient, you've seen one patient. They're, what they require is different. So as an example, we might have a patient that needs one-to-one care. Um, they may be a very acutely mentally ill patient, as an example, that we really have to staff with at least, you know, one-to-one and sometimes two-to-one. There may be another patient that's waiting for a skilled nursing bed who really doesn't require hospitalization technically anymore, who might need very little of, of that kind of attention. And so these sort of straight-up math um, you know, the, the ratio has to be X number of patients to X number of nurses, as an example, always sounds um, attractive, but it, it really sort of underappreciates the complexity of the problem. Let's talk uh, a little bit about, you know, with with the staffing problems and some of the issues that you have getting every, uh, getting a full staff, you know, Northfield Hospital for the last 
25 years has really been in expansion mode. You've added on to your clinics, uh, to the services that you offer consistently over the course of the last couple of decades. Does this change the way you you, you look at the future? Does the, the short-term, I want to say setbacks, but challenges, does that change the whole shape of uh, the uh, hospital here in Northfield? Um, it could. Um, and the reason I hedge a little bit is that, you know, one of the things that we're in the, in the process of trying to understand a little better right now is how many of these circumstances that we're in right now, how many of them are, are temporary or transient in some other way, or, and how many of them are, are more durable or as permanent as things get in, in healthcare. I know some of my colleagues in larger medical centers that are just, you know, crushed with some of these same issues that I talked about, just the, the money that they spent on travelers is just mind-numbing, are starting to talk about, well, maybe there are, are services and programs um, that we just can't offer anymore just because we, we can't staff them, or we can't staff them at a, uh, at a financial rate that, that uh, makes any sense. So we, we are taking a strategic look right now on at uh, the issue I just mentioned. You know, which things do we think are going to be with a short term or long term, and then, um, you know, kind of alongside of that, what does that do to inform our strategies about the future, about growth, and and um, you know, do do we have to grow and shrink at the same time, as an example, um, you know, that there may be some things that we'd really love to do, but, you know, just you can't get enough people to make make the donuts, so you, you're not going to make donuts. Um, so w- largely we don't have any conclusions about your very, very good question, but um, we are actively working on on precisely those issues right now. All right. Let's uh, kind of close things up here with uh, good things. We've talked about kind of dooming dire stuff. What what are good things happening at the hospital now? Yeah, well, thank you, thank you for uh, uh, shifting uh, uh, that way a little bit. I, I, one, of my, one of my friends years ago uh, uh, used to say that my title should be the chief worry officer. So um, it, it, is, uh, it is helpful to uh, focus on some bright spots because there really are some. Um, I think you and I have talked over the last year a little bit about the, this uh, sort of new service line that we have, our, our wound healing um, uh, program. This sure. continues to just not only really uh, grow in terms of uh, being able to see a lot of patients and uh, help a lot of folks, but it's really been uh, um, performing very well. It's it's uh, it's one of the uh, top uh, performing programs in the country relative to its quality. They've they've healed over a thousand wounds in the first two years. They've saved ten limbs from amputations. Um, their healing rate, which is a a metric that I don't pretend to understand all the details of, but is at ninety six percent, which is in the top. Uh, uh, ten percentage points of of uh, the, he, the the wound healing centers that they compare to around the country. So that's been really, and it's one of those things too. As I think you and I've talked about before, when people have suffered with some of these things for years and they're able to to get this kind of relief, it's a it's a really big deal. Absolutely, um, we're seeing a little less. Uh, upper respiratory disease. Uh, you know, we still get some COVID, but it's not as uh, uh, dramatic as it once was. So fingers crossed, we hope that continues. 
another kind of really nice thing for us is that orthopedics has been one of our, our kind of anchor facilities. We're, we're adding a, a third orthopedic uh, surgeon here this spring, Dr. Greg Erickson. Um, he's a great guy. Um, he's been practicing in, in, in Minnesota in one of the large systems for a number of years. So he comes to us with lots of experience. And I think our, our, our patients and community are really going to like him. And, and he, you know, he will uh, um, join Dr. Munch and Dr. Binkson and uh, uh, the rest of the orthopedic team. So, uh, again, I think we, we've heard a lot from people, especially during COVID, who traveled less for certain kinds of medical conditions, you know, to get their knee done or their hip done. Uh, we've had more and more of those folks getting those things done locally, and I think uh, this is just a great addition. All right. Good stuff. Well, we are out of time, but uh, Steve, want to thank you very much for joining us. Much appreciated. We wish you uh, the best as you face all these challenges that we've talked about, and uh, we appreciate it. We'll check in with you again maybe sometime later on in the spring. Thank you, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Steve Underdahl, Northfield Hospital and Clinics Chairman and CEO.